the business and breakup news also bounced around over the break. <laughs> which will Do you like the alliteration that I wrote there? I love the alliteration. Thank you. I'm Darlene Rollins. I'm Mac Watkins. And this is Our Experts Have Observed, coming to you from Ngunnawal and Nambri Country. Welcome back to classes and your news update for the back end of semester one to what you missed over the break. Um, Mac, I'm a third year student. No, you're not. You're a fourth year student. I self-identify as a third year student. (laughs) You do not get to do that. I get a lot of financial anxiety. Mm. So what that means is essentially that I just avoid the ISIS tab that I know is going to tell me how much hex debt I owe because I don't think that that's any of my business until I graduate anyway. And essentially something has changed over the break in that my financial anxiety is now transferred to other people instead of myself (laughs) because this FOI that was released, I believe last week, uh, revealed the people owing the most hex debt in Australia. Would you be interested to know? I would definitely be interested to know. One unlucky person, Mackenzie, in Australia owes the government $737,000 in hex debt. How? Exactly. Well, I'm about to answer that question. Oh, please do, please do. The next unluckiest person, just to give you some more stats, uh, owes $495,000, so it's not even close. And for even more stats, around 26 people owe more than $250,000. So essentially the question that you had very rightly is how the fuck could this happen? (sighs) SBS greatly um, answered that question. They got in touch with an expert. And this is especially confusing because there's obviously a cap on how much hex can be owed, which is currently 113,000. And the government will say, babes, I think you need to chill. Um, But there were initially no limits on how much someone could owe when hex began in the 80s. So a higher education expert said that the top earner is almost certainly someone who enrolled in multiple degrees back to back before the limits were introduced. So like undergrad, postgrad, masters. Yes. Yeah. And another theoretical situation situation is if someone stayed enrolled in uni for decades like I don't know taking like one class or something but why I don't know why got no clue um but that means that they never made any repayments if they just never met the income oh. threshold and then it just kept getting indexed for inflation over and over oh that's so weird it is bizarre um and which brings me to the fact that ours are going to get indexed for inflation in July which is going to be a very rude shock to you and I but especially more of a rude shock to the top hex debt owning yeah. person in Australia. So thoughts and prayers, love and light. Jesus. Here's a content warning for mentions of sexual harassment and sexual assault. An ANU student was acquitted of rape charges in the ACT Supreme Court last week, bookending a legal saga that goes back for more than a year. Um, the man was called Alexander Matters and mm-hmm. he was an ANU law student here who also went for a NUSA and was a staffer for a Labor MP. Mm-hmm. He um, faced charges of rape and indecency from two different women, both brought at the back end of 2021, about a year and a half ago. He pleaded not guilty to all charges and was found not guilty of all charges too. Yeah. Um, the first woman dropped her case and the second woman went forward. Um, and that was just a couple of weeks ago. And that was very, very recently. Mm-hmm. So Matter's lawyer accused this woman of lying and said the allegation of rape was inconsistent with the communications between Matters and the woman read out in court. The prosecution argued that her communications were consistent with the allegations. The jury deliberated very recently over the Easter break and acquitted Matters. His lawyer described this trial as traumatic for his client and the woman involved and said it should not have been escalated to this point. And if you, like Mac and I, have been following this quite closely or if you're just intrigued by it now, Mm -hmm. um, there's definitely lots to read online about the text messages and the voice recordings that were read out in court if you wanted more detail on that. But that was definitely would have been traumatic to have read out in court, to say the least. And just note, they're quite descriptive, I would say. Yeah. Um, But there is more information out there if you're wanting to know. 
business and breakup news also bounced around over the break, which we'll take you through in headlines. The 47-year-old food co-op has called out for community donations amidst fears about their future. They say the economy and atomization of society and general exhaustion are making cooperative models difficult to run and a goal of $50,000 has been set up to save the co-op, which in my opinion is really important because they do really great work. They do. The link to donate is in our episode description. The University House Wine Bar, you might have heard us mention it, Symposium or Simpo around <laughs> Wines here. Wines at the <laughs> first day of business on Friday. Some conversation has circulated around the appropriateness of a wine bar and if the space should have been given to a more affordable venue for students. Yes, it should have been. From Tuesdays to Fridays. <laughs> in her opinion. <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah. From Tuesdays to Fridays, wines at the Simpo can be accompanied by a small menu of platters and salads ranging from $18 to $48. Mm-hmm. Enjoy. Taylor Swift and her boyfriend, Joe Alwyn, mm. appear to have broken up, much to the personal devastation of 20-year-old women oh, everywhere. Wow. Not that we would know. Oh. Um, while some affected women have appreciated that Taylor Swift, in her typical thoughtful fashion, mm-hmm, thought mm-hmm. to release the news while ANU students had time and space to mourn. That she did. Others have remained in denial of the story. Do you have any thoughts about the others that remain in denial, Mackenzie? I am others in denial. Yeah. I've been texting so many people about it. And you know what? I keep saying to people, oh, until she says it, uh, it's not true. Mm-hmm. And then everyone's like, well, she never says it. Blah, blah, blah. There's all these signs. Read the lyrics of Midnight's. No. That's all from us for this week. As always, we have an anonymous tip line. If you want to send us any goss, we are anxiously refreshing our inboxes at anuobserver.org slash podcast. And tune in next week for your week eight update. We'll be there. This podcast is produced by Will Novak and Darlene Rollins and hosted by The Machinator and Dada Roro. <laughs> Dada Roro. Our experts have observed is a podcast by ANU Observer. We'll see you next week. <laughs>